0: Is happening, everyone? It's your boy, Kyle, and we're back with another episode of the Life Well Lived podcast. Super excited for today's podcast because today's podcast is one of many. I am launching for you guys, a very exciting series, my first long-term series that I'm going to be doing on the Life Well Lived podcast. So if you've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, I've done a couple part one, part two episodes, but here is what we are going to be doing in the next, and I'm not joking around with you guys, 11 weeks. Okay, so in the next 11 weeks, we're going to be doing an 11-part series talking about personality types. More specifically, one of my favorite personality type systems called the Enneagram. Now, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, I hope you are excited. If you're unfamiliar with the Enneagram, you might want to Google it, right? Next time you're next to your computer or on your phone, E N N E A G R A M, the Enneagram, because the Enneagram is going to be what we're going to be using and what we're going to be studying over the next 11 weeks. Now, I won't spoil it for you. We're going to get into it in a second. But basically, how this podcast is going to be laid out over the next 11 weeks is going to be that today's episode is going to be a setup episode. Okay, well, we're going to explain the basics of the Enneagram and how you're going to apply it into, into your life. Now, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, the way it works is the Enneagram is divided into nine different personality types or nine numbers that describe who you are, why you do it, and your main motivation around doing certain things. So each week of the podcast, we are going to go on a journey together to discover your type, okay? So each week is going to be a new number, and then week 11 is going to be a summary week where we cap it all together and make sure you go forward with confidence about who you are, what your type is, and what that's all about. So here's what I want to make note of, and we're going to get into this a little bit more as we go throughout the series, but you might be tempted to be like, well, if I'm looking for my personality type, why do I need to listen to each episode? Well, because one, we're going to explain each in depth, and there may be people in your life that in... Are, are like that personality type, that have that personality type that might be a certain Enneagram number. Maybe it's boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, mom, dad, maybe one of your kids, maybe one of your, your siblings, it could be anyone like that. And so as we go through and study Each type. Not only are we going to going to get on a journey to discover your own type, but hopefully you'll start learning about lots of people around you. So this is going to be an in-depth study. I'm very excited about it. So come along with me and discovering more about yourself, more about who you are, how you can become a better person in this world, and live your life to the highest and most optimum level. So. Turn it up in the headphones, turn it up in the car, wherever you're listening for another episode of the Life Well Lived podcast. Hi guys, I'm Kyle Kirby, an entrepreneur, speaker, and friend, and welcome to Life Well Lived, a podcast designed to give you the ins and outs, the goods, and what you need to scale your life to the next level. Alrighty, let's jump right into the podcast. So one of the new sections we started in the Life well-Lived Podcast is a new section called the What's Crackalackin' section, and this is where I just take a few minutes to talk to you guys about oh, maybe what's going on in my life, some things that I find interesting, and all sort of stuff like that. Well, let me tell you what, it has been a pretty nice weekend. As you guys know, I'm in the process of uh, moving, that we are uh, in kind of a crazy time of our life, and I'm pretty grateful because this weekend was actually a rather relaxing weekend. Worked uh, on Fridays pretty pretty good day on Friday. And then my wife and I just took the day on Saturday to relax and have a good time. And let me tell you what, it was wonderful. We grabbed a bite to eat at a an outdoor patio seating area, um, local in our community called Juniors. Uh, super fantastic. We shared a piece of cheesecake after the meal, and that was super delicious. And it has been going. Uh, it was just a very nice weekend. We purposely did not do much. Now, uh, if you guys know us, we ended up doing some stuff. Um, as like we were getting ready for the move, packing up stuff for the weekend. But for the most part, had a really relaxing weekend. We kept off the night, hanging out with a couple of our friends. Uh, Um, talking with them and just enjoying the fellowship with them. Lydia and Tyler are their names until about, I don't know, probably about midnight. So probably, probably from about nine to midnight on Zoom. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but because we are in the world of quarantine right now, and because we have things like Zoom, we've been video conferencing a lot of our friends and there's this game out there, um, a game system. There's like different game packs called Jackbox Games. I don't know how many of you have played Jackbox Games yet, but they're fantastic because you can go ahead and just share the screen and then you use your phones as the controller and you can play. So not only did we start off the conversation just enjoying fellowship with them, but then we played the Jackbox, game, Jackbox Games for a while um, and then just continued talking for a while even after we were playing the games until we got to a point where we were just like, dang, it's like midnight. We got, we got to go to bed here. So, um, And then it came to uh, the next day, which was fantastic. Um, spent some time with our other friends. I tell you, I got the funniest little uh, sunburn though, because we were sitting on their patio um, all day long. And uh, what happened was like only my right side of my body, like no joke, the right side of my body was the only thing hitting the sun. And therefore, I... got only burned on the right side of my body, and so my my body looks really funky right now. My right side of my face, right side of my neck, my arm and leg are really red, and then the left side of me is completely like untanned, so um, I've got a little bit of a funky tan I'm going to have to balance out here, but hey, that's the fun of fellowship, but we were able to hang out with them, hang out. Actually, their parents had come over too, so we were able to hang out with their parents as well and really enjoy their company, so it was a really good time just uh, having a relaxing weekend, probably for the first time in a while because as we move into this week, we've got like appraisals and inspections booked, and uh, I, I think I'm gonna have to build the bar at our new place. We we haven't quite found a carpenter yet, so um, I'm gonna probably have to build that bar myself. And I'm not much of a carpenter, but I think I can figure these type of things out. So, and then uh, we're going to basically be uh, closing on one house, moving to another house, opening up the new nutrition club all at once. So June is going to be a crazy month. So I've been super thankful that my wife and I were able to just have a relaxing weekend uh, on Saturday. We were able to just hang out with some friends on Sunday. and and get this podcast recorded to get you guys out some of the good. So uh, I think that's enough talking about what's going on in my life. And uh, so let's jump into our study of the Enneagram, our intro episode on how we're going to learn about the Enneagram and what the rest of the episodes are going to look like. Alrighty, let's jump into the study of the Enneagram. Now, let me start off telling you a little bit about my journey with the Enneagram. The Enneagram is something that came up, I don't know, maybe a year ago, half a year ago, and probably about a year ago at this point. And it was something that popped up in my company. A lot of people started utilizing it. And it is similar in a way that it is like a personality type. So if you've uh, studied it, if different personality tests out there, right, there's like uh, there's the gym test and the numbers and the colors and all sorts of personality types. And what I think is really great is I think that the Enneagram st- stands above those because not only does it just tell you about who you are and then just leave you in the mess, Instead, what it does is it actually teaches you about transformation and how to make the changes you need to make to live a life well lived. And I'll tell you, when I first started thinking about doing a podcast series podcast. At first, I was like, maybe I can knock it out into one episode. Then I was like, no, I think we're going to do this. Let's do a full out 11-week series on the Instagram because I think there's going to be people out there that want to know about their personality types. They want to know why they tick, how they can make true transformation, how and why their spouses or their friends or their coworkers, their boss do the things they do. And so we need to do an in-depth study of this. We need to go in-depth in how to design these things. And I think... One thing that here, here's the deal. Anytime we step into an arena, anytime we are going to put ourselves out there, resistance comes and hits us, you know, and sometimes it comes in, in, in very pure forms, very people that are actually looking out for our best interest. I had my wife, you know, I was telling her about how I was thinking about doing the Enneagram as a podcast and going to do a series with it. And, and she just kind of looked at me and she's like, well, do you, do you think you're qualified to talk about the Enneagram? And the truth is, no, I, I'm probably not qualified to talk about the Enneagram, right? I'm not a psychologist. I'm not like a counselor. I'm not a therapist. I haven't worked with thousands of clients when it comes to like their mind or psychology. But what I think is important is that we can teach the basics to the masses. And I think if there's a group of you out there listening to this podcast that can have true transformation then what you just need is somebody that can explain it in a simple way. Now, are we going to go in depth? Yes. And my goal is to go in depth in depth as possible, but also to be able to explain it in the most basic way possible so that you can have the transformation you are looking for. So by no means am I an expert at the Enneagram. I want to learn and part of my process in studying this with you guys is so that I can even learn about the Enneagram more, but I am using three main sources. Of info um, as the as I study this. um, Maybe I'd add in a fourth one. So we'll start off. The first one is a book called The Road Back to You, an Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery by Ian Morgan Crone and Suzanne Stable. The second, and actually that's probably where I'm getting the most information. I've really enjoyed that book. The second is called The Enneagram Institute. It's a website that goes over the Enneagram. The third Is the Wikipedia page Enneagram of Personality that's been able to give you a lot, a lot of information. um, The Wikipedia page itself, and then another one is uh, Instagram. There's a lot of really great Instagram sources out there that really talk about the Enneagram personality types. So here's what I'm going to ask of you: Listen to this podcast, take away the pointers, begin to learn the basics of the Enneagram, but don't let this be the only thing you do when it comes to the Enneagram. Continue studying yourself follow some Instagram pages that have the Enneagram and learn more about your type. Go on this journey of self-discovery with me. Don't let's be don't let this be the last part. Go to the Enneagram Institute. Read The Road Back to You. Go to the Wikipedia page. Listen to this podcast. Do these things so that you can get all the goods necessary to find out your number. And that's one thing we're going to talk about is there, you'll hear me use the term discover your number because I'm not going to tell you what your number is. And what I recommend personally is not to go online and take a test to figure out your Enneagram number. There's some people that would recommend that. I don't personally think that. I think what you need to do is listen to the content, learn about each number, see the motivation behind each number, and then figure out which number is yours. Go on a journey of self-discovery. Become aware of the Enneagram, aware of yourself, and therefore through that, figure out what number you Are and then what numbers are associated with that, and then we'll go from there. The whole goal of the Enneagram is not to put you in a box, it's not to tell you you are this number, you are a three, or you are a seven, or you are a nine, and therefore you must do these things. No, no, no. The Enneagram is designed to let you know that you're already in a box, and we're going to talk about this in a second, but you're already in a box, and it shows you the map to get out of the box and live true transformation to really live the best life. So Why are we going to talk about the Enneagram and why are we going to go in depth? Because I want you to see, I want to see you make total transformation. I want you to become aware of the things you do, why your personality is the way it is, why you do the things you do, what motivations you have for the things you do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, and how we can become aware of those so that we can be a better human being. How we can understand our childhood so that we therefore we can better understand our adulthood. How we can understand um, our, our bosses more or our spouses more. How we can understand our coworkers more or our kids more. How we can build better relationships, whether it be in the home or at work. How we can truly have transformation in our life. And that's what we're going to be talking about. So if you're excited for transformation, if you're excited about how to live the best life. If you're excited about learning about the Enneagram in depth and going through these transformations. Listen to this podcast. Enjoy the episode. Enjoy the intro and enjoy all the numbers. Continue studying it yourself. Ask questions. Find out other people that are talking about the Enneagram and learn from them so you can have true transformation in your life. So without further ado, let's jump on in to the Enneagram and learn about how it makes us tick and what we can do to become more aware of how we're living our lives. So here's where the Enneagram starts at childhood. As kids, as children, small children, I'm talking about like three, four, five years old, we instinctually place a mask on ourselves that the world calls personality we put this mask on ourselves, personality, over parts of our authentic self, the part that we are born with to help protect us from harm and make our way in the world. I think the classic example of this, and you'll see this with each number is, you know, you you hit a point in your life and you know, maybe there's a bully. A bully when you're really young makes fun of you or or does something. Basically our personality uses it as a coping mechanism to help protect us from those circumstances. Oh, I don't want to experience this pain over here, and therefore I'm going to do this. And and our bodies do this, our our, our minds do this, so that we can protect ourselves from the world as little little kids we can make sure that we're we're not experiencing all the pains of the world our personality helps us know and do what we sense is required to please our parents or to fit in to relate to our friends to satisfy the expectations of our culture and really just to get our basic needs met now here's what happens over time our adaptive strategies are ways to fit in fit the norm do those things become increasingly complex they get triggered so predictively so often and so automatically that we can't really tell where they end and our true nature begins you know i think of a a really clear or easy example of this was when i was in sixth grade you know little things that were taught to do or don't do i remember i had raised my hand in, in sixth grade and um, I was homeschooled up to fourth grade. I should say that. So fifth and sixth grade were my first like like in school years. And I'd raised my hand in sixth grade, and teacher called me. I said, "Miss Miss Blank would could, could I blow my nose?" And everyone started laughing at me, right? Because the term "blow your nose" is not something you say. The the correct phrase, as my teacher corrected me, was "it's grab a tissue." It's can may I get a tissue may I get a Kleenex right and so that's a small example maybe a, a slightly painful memory but a small example of those adaptive strategies because then I thought to myself okay here's what I need to do to to perform well to not be seen in this way again to not get made fun of again I have to fit these certain criterias and, and that's just a small example of what we do as children. But the problem is these get more and more complex over the years that now rather than just protect our defenseless childhood, our personalities, which we experience, like we and other people experience as the way we predictably think, feel, act, react, and process information and see the world, it really just limits us or imprisons us. We get so far away of our true authentic self because we're totally trying to protect ourselves from the, the hurts of the world that we really are no longer who we are. Worst of all, by over identifying with who we are or our personality, we really completely forget or lose touch with our authentic self. And so, in order to find who we really are, our true authentic self, to, to start that true transformation process, we have to start with awareness. The awareness that who we think we are right now, you listening in your car or on the headphones, is at best an imposter or a stranger. Ooh, that's kind of tough to say. At best, who you are right now, your personality, is an imposter or even a stranger to your authentic self. And the key is becoming aware. And becoming aware is where the Enneagram steps in. In the Enneagram, it's a, it's a nine-point figure. I'd recommend googling it if you haven't done that up to this point. Just Google Enneagram again, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. There's lots of different figures. You can look at a few of them. It's a nine-pointed figure, and each point on the figure represents a different personality type. You have an Enneagram type of number, um, uh, type or number. That's the that's the same term. So you might use, hear me use type or number. The goal of understanding your number is to gain the self-knowledge and learn how to recognize and disidentify with the parts of our personalities that either limit us or prevent us from living our fullest lives. So therefore, we can reunite with our best selves. Okay, so the goal of the Enneagram is to bring awareness so we can go back to who we really are in our true authentic selves, to get rid of these masks that we're wearing, to get rid of the inauthentic parts of ourselves, the parts that we've just designed over the years to protect us from the pain of the world, and really get back to who we are at our core. That And another bonus of the Enneagram is to not only learn about ourselves, but learn about others and their numbers so that we can improve our relationships in the world and grow in compassion towards others. Because here's the deal, y'all. We're all kind of messed up. (laughs) We've all had a lot of pain in our lives. We've we've all gone through things and done things in our personality, done things in our lives to protect us. And if we can become aware ourselves and begin working towards transformation, And understand that others are going through that same transformational journey or have those same things, we can help them through that transformational journey. So there are nine different personality styles, types, or numbers in the world, one of which we gravitate to as a child to feel safe, to feel secure, to prevent the hurt in the world. Each number has their own way they see the world. and And this is the important part, an underlying motivation that influences how that type thinks feels, and behaves. Now, the key here is the motivation because different personality types might do different things, but for different reasons, right? Like a three, which we'll get into is the performer. A three might want to go get a promotion in a company because they, they want the plush corner office. While an eight might go for that same exact promotion, not for the office, but to see who in their path is dumb enough to try to stop them. So it's the same work, it's the same actions, but what we're looking for is what are the underlying motivations that influences how that type thinks, feels, and behaves. Okay, So each person only has one type. Let's be really clear on that. As we go through the numbers, you're only gonna have one type. And that might sound a little crazy to you, But like there's literally seven people, billion, seven, what, seven billion people in this world, Kyle. How can there only be nine personality types? Well, here's the deal. There are infinite ways to express each type right? And, and people are going to express them in different ways. Um, I think the most simple explanation that I've seen of this is like colors, right? There's only a certain amount of colors in the world, red, yellow, green, blue. But if you go to Home Depot or go to Menards or you go to Lowe's and go into the paint department, you can see there's like a bajillion different variations of every color. So think of it that way, that there's lots of different, even though there's only nine types and everybody, everybody in the world is going to fall in one of those nine types. There's tons of different ways to express that type. So the Enneagram, uh, the actual figure itself is a nine pointed geometric figure. I recommend Googling it so you can kind of see what we're talking about that shows nine different, but here's a key interconnected personality types. Okay. So each personality type is different, but they are connected in different ways. We're going to talk about that. Each number is connected to two other numbers across from it, indicating their dynamic interaction with each number. So Right now, we are going to go ahead and go through each type, so you can get a good summary of each one. And these summaries are going to come partly from the Enneagram book, The Journey Back to You, as well as the Enneagram Institute in how uh, how those are designed. So let's jump into it. Number one. Oh, and we should we should note here, real quick. There's no number that's better than another. No number is uh, like gender bias, male, female. Uh, each number is great in and of itself. Okay. And I'm going to go in order one through nine, but like know that there's no reason for the order. Um, we're going to go into some groupings later, but that there's no number that's better than another another. So let's jump into it. Number one is the perfectionist or the reformer type one. People are principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionists. They are ethical, dedicated, and reliable. They are motivated by a desire to live the right way, improve the world, and avoid fault and blame. Number two is the helper. Type two is generous, demonstrative, people-pleasing, and possessive. A lot of P's there. They're warm, caring, and giving. They are motivated by a need to be loved and needed and to avoid acknowledging their own needs. Number three. The Achiever or Performer. Type 3 is Adaptable, Excelling, Driven, and Image Conscious. You guys can hear me turning the page here a little bit too as I read these. Uh, Type 3 is Success-Oriented, Image Conscious, and Wired for Productivity. They are Motivated by Need to Be or Appear to Be Successful and to Avoid Failure. Type 4, The Individualist or Romantic. Type 4 is Expressive, Dramatic self-absorbed, and temperamental. Creative, sensitive, and moody. They are motivated by a need to be understood, experience their oversized feelings, and avoid being ordinary. The investigator. Type 5 is the investigator. The investigator is perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Analytical, detached, and private. They are motivated by a need to gain knowledge, Conserve energy and avoid relying on others. Type 6, the loyalist. Type 6 is engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Committed, committed, practical, and witty, they are worst-case scenario thinkers who are motivated by fear and the need for security. Number 7, the enthusiast. Type 7 is spontaneous, versatile, inquisitive, and scattered. Fun, spontaneous, and adventurous, they are motivated by a need to be happy, to plan stimulating experiences, and to avoid pain. Type 8, the challenger. Type 8 is self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. Commanding and tense, they are motivated by a need to be strong and avoid feeling weak or vulnerable. Number 9, the peacemaker. Type 9 is receptive, reassuring, complacent, and resigned. Pleasant, laid back, and accommodating, they are motivated by a need to keep the peace, merge with others, and avoid conflict. Can you kind of already feel yourself gravitating towards one of the personality types? I hope so. I hope one of those resonated with you. Maybe rewind the podcast a little bit and, and re-listen to all nine described. Maybe one of them resonates with you right away. Now, don't let the journey stop there. Don't let yourself think, well, I'm this number, boom, I'm, I'm going to just assume and skip ahead in the podcast episodes until I get to that one. No, no, no. Listen to each one. Listen to how each one's described in future episodes and go on a journey to really discover what they are because here's the deal. It is not uncommon to see yourself in several different personality types. It's not uncommon to see a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but remember, you are one of those nine expressed in many different ways. And we're going to talk about in a second in the next section about triads, wings, stress and security numbers. You'll get all those terms in a second, but why each number is important, but how you will fall into one individual number. So in the next section, like I said, we're going to talk about triads, how each of the uh, numbers falls into a group, a center group, as well as each number has wings and stress and security numbers as well. So let's jump into that next section here. (music) So what are we talking about when I say triads? So here is how the triads work with the Enneagram. So each of the nine Enneagram numbers are broken into three sections. Each of the triads have three numbers in each. And a triad is driven in different ways by an emotion related to a part of the body known as the central intelligence. Your triad is another way of describing how you habitually take in and process or or respond to different things in life. So know that the nine numbers are divided into three triads, and that is the heart or feeling triad, the head, fear, or thinking triad, and the gut, anger, or instinctive triad. Triad. Okay, so let's break into each triad and and how they make sense. So um, let me before I jump into this. Some of you might be listening to this podcast right now and be like, "What the heck is he talking about?" Again, a lot of this will make sense if one, you listen slowly, take notes. Two, look at the enneagram number. Like actually look at the enneagram diagram. Like on Google, just Google enneagram. Um, But the most is going to make sense as we go through each number, because what we're going to talk about when we go through each number in depth is how they make sense in the world. And right now we're just giving you a primer and intro so that you can be prepared for the nine episodes to come. So let's talk about each triad. So we start off with the heart or feeling triad. Okay. This is going to be twos, threes, and fours. So if you have a two, a three, or a four type, you'd fall into the heart or feeling triad. And in this triad, these numbers are driven by feeling, feelings. Twos focus outwardly on the feelings of others. Threes have trouble recognizing their own or other people's feelings. And fours concentrate their attention inwardly on their own feelings. They take in and respond to life from their heart. And they tend to be, these three numbers, two, threes, and fours, more image conscious. The next up is the head fear, or thinking triad. This is going to be your fives, six, and sevens. So anybody that is a five, six, or seven. The head, fear, or thinking triad is driven by fear. Fives externalize fear. Sixes internalize fear. And sevens forget about it. They take in and respond to the world through their mind, through thinking. They tend to think everything out and plan carefully before they act. The third triad is the gut, anger, or instinctive triad. This is going to be your eights, nines, and one. They tend to be driven by anger. Eights externalize anger, nines forget about it, and ones internalize their anger. They take in and respond to life at the gut level. And eight, nines, and ones tend to be very honest and direct. So, as we go through each podcast episode, as we go through the order, we're going to do them in their groupings. So, we are going to go 891, 234, 567. Okay, so that's going to be the order of the podcast episodes. And in each episode, we're going to break down in depth what each number is. So, next week's episode, we're going to go all about eights. And we're going to go through how they are the challenger, how eights live their life, what they're motivated by. The next episode after that is going to be nines and then one. And what that's going to do is that's going to cover the gut anger instinctive triad. Okay. So know that that's going to be the order of the episode. So I apologize. I apologize to all the, uh, um, uh, the five, six, and sevens of the world, especially the sevens, you guys are going to have to wait till the very last week, but that's going to be the order of the podcast because we want to make sure they're grouped together because they feel and receive the world in a certain way by doing them in that order and doing them in the groupings, you will have an easier time understanding each grouping and how they respond to other people. Okay. So the groupings, um, like Are going to help you find your own number. When you can understand the groupings next to your number, you'll therefore understand your own number better. And the really cool thing, and one of the reasons I love the Enneagram more than other personality types, they're all good. There's a lot of great things out there, but the Enneagram takes into account the fluid nature of our personality. Times when you're in a really, really good space, okay? Times when you're in kind of an average space, and times when like things are crazy, right? And things are stressful and things are are not going the way you'd want it to be, right? Our, our lives are constantly going in between those three areas. We're, really, we're doing really, really good. We're doing pretty normal and things are crazy stressful. So with each number, we're going to describe broadly how each one typically thinks, feels, and acts and then describe as we go through them how each number is when they're doing really, really good, when they're kind of average, and when they're in really stressful parts, okay? And the reason for this is what we want to do is we want to be able to explain to you uh, how each number acts when they're really healthy when things are going good and when things are going bad okay because when things are going bad and you can identify oh this is the way i'm acting i'm acting this way because i'm overly stressed you can then start the transformation process to move into an average or even a good space and that's why i love the enneagram so much because it allows us to have true transformation it allows us to say oh wait I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing and therefore I, I will be able to correct my behavior. I think sometimes when I describe the Enneagram to people and when we're talking about it and really any personality type works this way, but people think, oh, I'm this personality type, almost like it's a free hall pass to do whatever the heck they want. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a jerk because I'm an eight or, or I'm a jerk because I'm a this number or a three or whatever it is. Not that eight threes are jerks. I'm just using it as an example, but like I, I can be an a-hole because I'm this number. No, 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 no. If anything, it's the opposite of that. Because you know your number, because you are aware or are going to become aware of your number and realize you're being a jerk, realize you're stressed, you should not have an excuse so that you can get out of that as fast as possible and move into a better life. So when you can become aware of the way you act on a daily, monthly, weekly basis, as your personality and as your livelihood goes up and down in a way, you're going to be able to help yourself out. So each number on the Enneagram has a relationship with four other numbers, okay? First of all, you have the two on either side of it. So if you're a three, you have a relationship with a two and a four. These are called your wings because they're the numbers directly associated with. If you're a seven, you have a relationship with a six and an eight. These are your wings. They're they're directly associated with it. So you have the two on either side as well as two across from them on the other end of a line in the enneagram when you look at it there's gonna be lines okay while your number itself your base number will never change its behavior can be influenced by these other numbers. Sometimes so much so that you actually might start looking like one of the other numbers and not even realize it. So let's, let's start off with the wing numbers. There are wings on either side of you. For example, uh, I'm just gonna spoil it for you guys right now, um, I am a three. I'm a three type personality, the performer, the achiever. And on either side of me is the twos and the fours, okay? So your basic type dominates your overall personality, while the wings complement and add important and sometimes contradictory elements to your total personality, your wing is the second side of your personality and it must be taken into consideration to better understand yourself or someone else. Okay, so when it comes to the wings, it's helpful to know that most people agree that you'll lean to one wing or another. So for myself, as a three, you'll hear people that talk about the Enneagram um, say things like I'm either a 3-4 or I'm a 3-2 and what each of those things mean because each thing can mean something a little bit different. For example, a three with a four wing can bring beautiful creativity, a rich thought life, and emotional awareness to the life of a three. Three fours will often have social charm. Motivation to get stuff done, and a creative nature making them fun to talk to, as well as especially great entrepreneurs. However, when a three is unhealthy, a four wing will act like an intense inner critic screaming, You're fake, into their ears. Talk about tension. It's often a long journey for a not self aware three to fully appreciate and utilize the four wing, but when they do, it's a beautiful thing. So that's kind of one of the descriptions of a three four. Now let's look at the description of a three two. A three with a two-wing is going to care about achieving in the context of relationships more than achieving outward success, like an average three or a three-four. A two's thoughtful nature can be a great addition to a three's energy. The Enneagram Institute called this wing type the charmer, and that's very accurate as it's hard not to love a three-two. 3-2s have a hard time with emotions, as one of a 3-2's greatest desire is to be independent from needing help from others. This need for independence causes a 3-2 to spin bad emotions, circumstances, into a more positive light, similar to a 7 or a 6-7. This tension is between being efficient and helpful, because when you have to draw to help people, it can be hard to say no and stay on task with the other needs that need to be done. Now, I read those two just to give you a basic. Now, here's the deal. A lot of that might have not made sense. You're like, holy crap, Kyle, this is like way over my head. But here's the example is as myself as a three, I tend to fall more into one of those two categories. And when I can understand the basics of being a three, the basics of being a four and the basics of being a two, I can figure out more about my personality and what makes me tick. For example, I tend to be a three, four. And by reading both of those descriptions, by studying each number, I can get a more clear example of who I am, how I can transform my life and how I can help others, how I can make a real impact in the world. Okay. So I hope that was a little bit different as we go through your numbers to study that each number is on either side of you. That's why we're going to be doing them in groups of triads. So you can really learn like, okay, I'm a five, but am I a five, four or am I a five, six? And then, and then it will help you give better understanding about what you are. Okay. Next up is the stress and security numbers. Stress is, um, so like basically here's what's going to happen. Um, the, the stress number is where your personality moves towards when when you're being overtaxed, when you're under fire. Maybe, for example, when you're trying to sell two different houses at once, buy a house, open up a no-own nutrition club, this last month has been crazy stressful for myself. And that is gonna be indicated by the arrow, if you're looking at the Enneagram, pointed away from your number, Number, okay? So, for example, um, in the Enneagram here, let me, let me pull it up. Um, I'll use myself as an example again. But the threes... Let me pull this up here. Um, a three uh, tends to move towards, so let's see, when we're uh, uh, let me look at my notes here, um, pointing away from your number, okay? So here's the deal. So for a three, I tend to revert to the nine personality types when I'm in stress. And it's important to know, like I said before, where you go in stress so that you can catch yourself and make better choices and then take care of myself. So again, this is why you need to listen to every episode because if I can study a nine and understand kind of the negative sides of nines or what nines do when they're kind of stressed and all that sort of stuff, I can then better prepare myself. When I fall, find myself falling into those things, I can get myself out quicker because I realize, hey, you're just being stressed. You're just acting this way because things aren't going super great. Okay. Now, the security number indicates the type your personality moves towards and draws energy and recourse from when you're feeling secure, when you're in a happy place. And that's indicated by the number pointing towards your number. So for me, that's a six. Okay. So when things are going really well for me, when things are in a happy place and I feel really great, I tend to draw from the positive aspects of the six personality type. Okay. So I say all this so that you can be really clear on. Each number has a dynamic relationship with four other numbers. You've got the ones right next to you, right? So for threes, that's the twos and fours. I've got a number I go to in stress and I have a number I go into security. So as my life is going between good, average, bad, average, good, bad, average, and and it's all over the place, I can be more aware of who I am And what I do on a daily basis by making sure I am aware and studying those four other numbers so that I can become the best version of myself. And when I become aware of that stuff, I can start that true transformation. Okay, okay, okay. So how are you guys doing? I know this is a lot to process, but again, this is just an intro episode to give you guys the basics to give everything you need. So as we go through the next nine episodes going in depth, you guys are aware of what we're going to be going over and that you can truly process this stuff and really help transformation for your own life. So here's what we've talked about so far. Just a quick recap, we've gone over the nine Enneagram numbers and how knowing your number, become aware of those numbers, can help you get back to your true, authentic self. Each number has a dynamic relationship with other numbers. You have your wing numbers that are going to be on either side of you. You have your number that you tend to go to in stress, and you have your number that you tend to go to in security and when things are going well. Now, with each number, you also have what we call a deadly sin, okay? Each number has a particular weakness or temptation to commit one of the seven deadly sins. I don't know if you guys have studied the seven deadly sins before, but each number has an, a number associated with it um, uh, of the seven deadly sins plus a couple others, right? Um, plus, yeah, you'll you'll see this in a second. So Pope Gregory added in the fear and deceit to the seven deadly sins to cover all nine numbers. So learning to manage your deadly sins, becoming aware of which your number's deadly sin is um, helps you start running your life rather than your deadly sins running you. For example, I'll use myself as an example again. Threes, threes deadly sins are deceit. And if I can be aware of how I deceive myself, how how I can have a deadly sin of deceiving others when things aren't going great and become aware of that, I can then start transforming my life so that that thing doesn't affect me as much. So let's go through each deadly sin and then give you a description of each. So starting with ones, a one's deadly sin is anger. Two's pride. Three's deceit. Four's envy. Five's avarice. Six fear. Seven gluttony. Eight lust and nine sloth. Now let's read a description of each one. Ones have anger. Ones feel a compulsive need to perfect the world. Keenly aware that neither they nor anyone else can live up to their impossible high standards, they experience anger in the form of smoldering resentment. Twos, pride. Twos direct all their attention and energy towards meeting the needs of others while disavowing having any of their own. Their secret belief that they alone know what's best for others and that their indispensable reveals their prideful spirit. 3's deceit. 3's value appearance over substance, abandoning their true selves to project a false, crowd-pleasing image. 3s by their own performance and deceive themselves into believing they are their persona. 4's envy. Fours believe they are missing something essential without which they will never be complete. They envy what they perceive to be the wholeness and happiness of others. Fives, avarice. Fives hoard those things they believe will ensure they can live an independent, self-sustaining existence. This withholding ultimately leads to their holding back love and affection from others. Sixes, fear. Forever imagining worst-case scenarios and questioning their ability to handle life on their own, Sixes turn to authority figures and belief systems rather than God to provide them with the support and security they yearn for. Sevens. Gluttony. To avoid painful feelings, sevens gorge themselves on positive experiences, planning and anticipating new adventures, and entertaining interesting ideas. Never satisfied, the sevens' frenzied pursuit of these distractions eventually escalates to the points of gluttony. Eights. Eights. Lust. Eights lust after intensity. It can be seen in the excessiveness they evidence in every area of life. Domineering and confrontational, eights present a hard, intimidating exterior to mask vulnerability. Nines. Sloth. For nines, sloth refers not to physical but to spiritual laziness. Nines fall asleep to their own priorities, personal development, and responsibility for becoming their own person so I don't necessarily want you to hear the terms like deadly sins you know And sometimes people have these terrible connotations with sin but really what you think about it is these are the things that prevent you from becoming your best self okay and so and so you really want to make sure that you are aware that these are your deadly sins, that these are habits that you can fall into. And by becoming aware of them, knowing that, hey, my number tends to fall into this when things aren't going good or when I'm stressed or or this tends to be a temptation of mine, right? If you're a nine and you know that there's a temptation of slothfulness, then you can be aware of that when you come into an area of slothfulness, when you come into a, a realization that, wow, I'm being lazy right now, I'm falling asleep at the wheel, you can then take over and create true transformation so what i want i don't want you guys to be afraid of your numbers i don't want you to be afraid of like the deadly sins or anything like that but i want you to become aware of them so as you study your number and as you discover who you really are you can go back to that number you can go back to that deadly sin and when you find yourself reverting to that nature you can get yourself out very quickly Okay. You guys still with me? Hopefully I haven't lost any listeners yet. So let's uh, do this last section here as a little bit of follow-up, a little bit of recap. So we know what we're talking about. So the knowledge of knowing your number and discovering your number over the next nine episodes will help you in the following. Number one, it will help you understand your childhood, therefore better understanding yourself now as an adult. Number two, it will help you become more aware of how you act in relationships, whether it be with your kids, your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, parents. But it'll also help you become more aware of how you act at work with your coworkers, with your boss, your subordinates. Don't just listen to your number and look for just your number. That's selfish. Really, truly learn about every single number So that you can become more aware and more compassionate about every major person in your life. And number three, knowing the Enneagram, becoming aware of your Enneagram number is going to help you transform your life. Knowing your Enneagram number isn't an excuse to act badly. It's not a hall pass like I said earlier. Rather, it takes away all excuses because it gives you the ability to transform to take things to the new level, to live a life well lived. If your goal is to listen to this podcast and simply have something to talk about at the next party you're going to, or hey, listen to this cool transformation, listen to this cool personality test I learned about, then stop listening. Just, Just don't go there. Real transformation starts with listening to this podcast, learning about the Enneagram number, and truly letting it apply to your life so that you can have true transformation, have compassion for others, and live a life well-lived. So let's talk a little bit about how to find your type. Go through each episode and listen to the info of each number. I will describe how each number tends to live. However, your number is not determined so much by like what you do, but why you do it, right? I gave the example earlier about how, you know, two people might be going for the same promotion, but very different motivations, right? One person might want the the cash that comes with it, all the money that comes with it. The other person might want uh, a certain amount of change in the organization, two different motivations, same promotion, but two different motivations. So listen carefully to the underlying motivation that drives each trait, okay? So, The next thing you need to do to find your number is listen to what type best describes you, not who you think you want to be. Truth is, like often your actual number is going to make you cringe because most of the time every other number sounds better than the one you actually are, right? And as I discovered my number, like a three, threes are tough to swallow. Really to be told that this whole time that I'm just a big fake, you know that I I I am just trying to put on a mask to to impress other people. Hearing that for the first time can kind of make you cringe, can kind of make you go, ooh, like I, I don't I don't want to be that number. If that that squeamish feeling hits you, you know you're probably on the right path. And, and because your, your true number will make you cringe a little. It will make you be squeamish because honestly it's starting to dig deep at who you really are, and often that just makes us uncomfortable. And that's why we put masks on in the first place, to to protect us from, from our true authentic self, to protect our true authentic self from the evils, the bad things of the world. So your number should make you a little uncomfortable. You should feel weird. It shouldn't be like, yay, I found my number. It should hit at a core, and that's when you can truly start figuring out that is your number. And here's the thing, when it comes to your number, don't expect to identify with every element of your number. Remember, there is limitless expressions of each type. And the Enneagram doesn't put you in a box, right? It, you, you shouldn't feel like, oh, I have to act this way because I'm a three, or I have to act this way because I'm an eight. And, and, no, 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 no. Again, like it's all about transformation. You, you got to realize that in your life, you've been walking on zombie mode and you're already in a box the idea behind the Enneagram is to help you become aware that you're in the box and let you know, hey, here's the way out of the box so you can truly start living your life and get back to your true authentic self. And, you know, I talked about this before, but I would recommend not taking a test. Listen and study on your own. Learn about the Enneagram on your own. I find often that people take tests, number one, are way off on their results or they say things that don't actually make sense. Like I heard one time someone's like, I'm a five nine. Like, That doesn't make sense. That's not wings for those numbers, right? So listen and study and discover for yourself your Enneagram number because that's part of the fun. And here's the deal, it might not happen right away sometimes you're going to find numbers right away. Myself, as soon as I heard my number and started studying my number, I knew I was like, that's me. And I asked a few people that I trusted that had also studied the Enneagram because you're not supposed to tell other people, right? You're not supposed to say, hey, you're this. I asked them, I said, here's what I think I am. And both of them very assertively were like, yes, that is what you are, without a doubt. We we could have told you that a while ago, right? Mine was very obvious. Now my wife, on the other hand, not so much. It took her a while to really discover her number because it, it was a... It was a journey of self-discovery in and of herself. So if you're someone who gets it right away, great. If it takes you several months and it takes you all the way to episode number nine, episode number 10, episode number 11 to figure out who you are, that's okay too. So go on this journey yourself, listen and and study so that you can discover your own Enneagram number. And here's the deal, it is very common to find a little of yourself in all nine types. Although one of them should stand out as being closest to yourself, it is okay to see yourself a little bit in all nine types. Okay, Um, a, a a few keys here, right? People don't change personality types, right? People don't change numbers for one basic personality type to another. Um, the descriptions of the personality types are universal and apply equally to males and females since no type is inherently masculine or feminine. Not everything in the descriptions of your basic type will apply to you at all times because you fluctuate, right? Your personality fluctuates, things fluctuate, life fluctuates constantly between that good space, that average space, and that, that stressful space, okay? The Enneagram uses numbers to designate each of the types because numbers are Value neutral. They imply the whole range of attitudes and behaviors of each type without specifying anything either positive or negative. Unlike the labels used in a lot of like the other psychology things, numbers are very unbiased and they're really a shorthand way of indicating a lot, um, a lot about a person without getting too specific. We'll say Um, we talked about this, but the numerical rankings of the type is not significant. A large number is no better than a small number. It's not better to be a nine than a two because nine is a bigger number. No type is inherently better or worse than any other. While all the personality types have unique assets and liabilities, some types are often considered to be more desirable than others in any given culture or group. Furthermore, for one reason or another, you may not be happy being a particular type. You may feel that your type is handicapped in some way. As you learn more about all the types, you will see that just as each has unique capacities, Each has different limitations. If some types are more esteemed in Western societies than others, it's because of the qualities that society rewards, not because of any superior value of those types. Remember, this is universal. The ideal is to become your best self, to transform into the best version of yourself, not to limitate the assets of another type. So here's the deal, guys. I am so excited to go on this journey with you. Hopefully this podcast wasn't too confusing. I, I, I really hope that it made sense to you. And and if anything, the next nine episodes should make more sense. As we dive into each number, next week we're gonna start with eights. We're gonna go eight, nine, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in that order. And then we're gonna have a recap episode at the very end. We're gonna start with eights and we're gonna go in depth into how eights think act what they're motivated by. We're going to go through the qualities of eights. We're going to go through what eights did as children, what eights do as adults, how eights are in the workplace, how they are in relationships. relationship. And you might find out week one that I'm an eight. And you might find out that you have some qualities of an eight. And maybe you're a nine with an eight wing, right? But we're going to go in depth. So the next nine episodes, hopefully will be a little bit more fun for this one. That being said, I hope you still had fun in this episode, but we really just wanted to give an intro. We wanted to give a starter pack on how the Enneagram is laid out so the next nine episodes can make total sense to you. And a lot of the stuff that we went over in today's podcast, we're going to continue going over in following podcasts. So don't worry, I'm going to re-explain what stress and security numbers are. I'm going to re-explain what your wing numbers are. I'm going to re-explain the the way the Enneagram is designed in a dynamic relationship with the other numbers. Here's my homework to you and we'll wrap up and we'll jump into the Q&A section today go online, Google what the Enneagram looks like so you can be very clear on how that looks. Take a screenshot, be very clear on what it looks like so as we study and you look for your numbers, you can know what you're looking for and you you can begin that journey of awareness and transformation towards your true best self. Yo, it's that time again. It is our Q&A section where listeners just like you sent in questions. You can go ahead and message me on Instagram, message me on Facebook, or my email is going to be in the show notes as well if you wanna get a question answered live on the show. So let's jump right into the questions for this week. Question number one, I want to start working out. I hear squats are good for legs, they are. Um, uh, sorry, let me, I want to start working out. I hear squats are good for legs, but they hurt so much. What should I do? Okay. That's a great question. So, um, I will disclaimer here. I'm not a personal trainer. Um, I'm not a physical therapist. So if you actually are in pain, um, you might want to check with one of those types of people, but, um, I, I can tell you a little bit from experience what could be happening. So the first thing I always recommend doing is lowering the weight. What hurts most of the time, whether it's hurting in the knees or hurting in the back, um, it could be a very specific issue to you, but it also could be that you're just lifting too much weight, that you think you should be lifting this amount. And so what I recommend doing is going way, way low. Like I start recommending like, okay, if you can lift with just the 45 pound bar, okay? Most people, depending on like, assuming you don't have any major injuries or or health conditions long-term, most people should be able to do a squat with just the bar. So I recommend doing mobility, work right stretching out warming up getting your heart rate going and trying to just do like one or two squats with just the 45 pound bar and and honestly if the 45 pound bar is too much find something lighter even like a 20 pound bar or something like that okay if that hurts still then there's a few different things you can do but oftentimes what i find is people are simply like oh yeah the 45 pound bar doesn't hurt but when i put on 315 pounds it definitely hurts well then don't put on 350 pounds. Obviously, your body isn't used to that and and not training for that yet. So the first place I'd look is just to simply lower the weight. Can you do a body weight squat? Like let's even forget the bar. Can you do a body weight squat all the way down to parallel or lower without hurting your back or without hurting your 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 uh, legs or knees or anything like that? If that's the case, then you're lifting too much weight if those things actually are an issue and you're looking for alternative exercises, there's a few other good movements. So squat is simply a knee flexion exercise. You're looking to flex the knee like to the toes or beyond the toes, right? And so really any sort of exercise that flexes the knee is going to help in that. So if, for example, a few of my favorites, the most basic would be like a lunge, right? If you can do lunges, that's a great quad exercise, right? You're flexing the knee, you're working the quads, you're working the butt, you're working the hamstrings. Lunges are great. You can do stationary lunges, you do it with weights you can do walking lunges you can do reverse lunges any sort of lunge movement is gonna be a great alternative another one that's a little bit more advanced but um, can work is Bulgarian split squats so it's kind of where you do a a lunge position but with a foot on a bench or a foot on a chair behind you and you squat down until your knee touches the ground Um, that's a little bit more advanced movement but whether you do lunges as an alternative or you're doing Bulgarian split squats as an alternative both are great if you don't want to be doing squats okay what I don't recommend doing when it come to squats is just jumping over to the leg press machine right away because you're 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 not getting as much work right so i'd recommend if you're not going to do normal squats right first of all lower the weight but if you're not going to normal squats either do lunges or bulgarian split squats great question Number two, uh, number two. do you have any recommendations on where to start with personal development? Great question. Um, we talk about personal development a lot on the podcast. We want to um, get studying personal development, right? There's books, there's podcasts, there's lots of stuff. If you're listening to this podcast, honestly, you've already started personal development. You're obviously looking to better your life by listening to this podcast. Um, But if you're looking for um, other things, a great book to start off, off with is The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. That's a great book if you want a very specific book to buy, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And um, if you're looking for YouTube, a great person to Google is Jim Rohn. So it's spelled J-I-M, Jim Rohn, R-O-H-M. I'm sorry, R-O-H-N. If you're looking for great personal development YouTubes to start with, um, search Jim Rohn and just start going through his YouTube videos. He has tons of great material, tons of great things, like classic timeless piece of advice, tips, and, and wisdom to really make your life better. Can you believe that we are already done with the podcast? That's crazy, right? Already done with the podcast. But I hope you guys had a good episode today. I hope you guys enjoyed the intro to the enneagram. I hope you. Uh, I hope it made sense. I hope that it wasn't too far uh, crazy. I, I know one of the things with the enneagram is that it's a lot easier once you actually start um, like seeing the enneagram itself, or when you start actually going through the numbers. But hopefully, this was a good prep episode for you. So I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the What's lacking section where we went over a few of the things going in my life, my weird, awkward uh, tan that I got going on. Hope you enjoyed going over the basics of the Enneagram as we set up the next nine weeks. I hope you're very excited about that series. I'd love to hear your guys' feedback on how the series goes and as you guys discover your own Enneagram number. And thanks so much for the questions sent in for the Q&A section. Make sure to always send those Q&A sections to either uh, connect it on Facebook, uh, connect it on Instagram, or you can send it to the email all in the show notes. So with that, I love you guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Life Well Lived podcast. Please share with a friend. Please share on social media. If you're sharing on Instagram or Facebook that you're listening to the podcast, please tag me in those posts so that I can send you some love back. And and thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe and uh, let other people know what they're doing, especially if you um, are interested in other people learning about the Enneagram. If you like the Enneagram yourself and are excited for other people to learn about it, let them know about the next 10 weeks that we're going to be doing, let them know about the 11 weeks total, including this episode so that they can begin transformation in their life. So with that, I love you guys. I hope you're having a great week and thanks so much for listening to the life well lived podcast.